What's going on, everybody? It is Jake Rubin of The Juice Podcast. I'm here today with the second episode, the first episode with a guest. My man, Dr. Tolino, joins me. He is a superintendent. He is an inspiration. He is a leader. And we talk about the beautiful opportunities of life today. And I hope you guys are excited and comfortable and enjoy it with the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Tolino. And wow, it is a pleasure to be speaking and sitting here with you today. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to see you as well, as always. I look yeah. forward to always talking to you. Thank you. Um, so for everyone that isn't familiar with Dr. Tolino, he is the superintendent at Upper Marion School District. Yes, I am. And, you know, let's get into... Every school has a superintendent, but I feel like not everyone really knows what a superintendent does. So do you want to inform people? Sure. I think the best way to describe what a superintendent does is um, I'm the CEO of a $110 million corporation. That's really what it comes down to. You're the CEO of everything. You know, you oversee the entire corporation. Uh, some people don't want to refer to it as a corporation, but when you look at it from that perspective and you try to describe what you do to people who really don't know what a superintendent does, you know, a lot of people just assume that a superintendent is someone that understands curriculum and, and, and makes sure the kids have the right textbooks. And that's actually really the farthest thing from the truth. You're managing all aspects of the school district business. And in our case, at Upper Marion, we're a $110 million school district. So I'm the last one in line except for the board members. And so that's, that's what I do, manage all aspects of it. Personnel, purchasing, facilities, athletics, all of it. Now, of course, I have people that do that as well. You know, I can't do it all because I don't try to do it all. That's why I have great people that work for me and I've developed a great team. That's the important piece of it. But that's what I do. Wow. And so you weren't always a superintendent. And was that something you always thought was like the what you wanted to do? Or did you did it kind of fall into your lap? Or You know, Jake, it's really for me, it's about leadership. I love to lead. You know, even Definitely. when I was involved in athletics as a, as a, a younger person and then through high school and through college, you know, I was always all about the leadership piece of that. And I actually, most people don't know this, I started out as a shop teacher. That's where I got my start, as a shop teacher. So, you know, I just knew that I wasn't going to be a teacher my entire career. And that's not a shot. That's just, you know, I just needed to kind of step up through the, through the ranks in the business. So I worked for six years as a teacher. Then I worked for the Department of Education in the state of New Jersey for a couple of years. Because I knew that with that experience, State Department experience, it would put me up on the competition when I wanted to become an assistant principal. Then I wound up going back to Hopatcon High School as an assistant principal for four years. Then I went to a technical school, a, a comprehensive technical school for six years, I think, as a principal, five or six years. And then took my first superintendency in North Warren Regional in New Jersey 20 years ago. Wow. And then uh, haven't looked back since, and I loved every minute of it. It's just, it's a, it's been a great career for me. Um, I've met some amazing people, amazing people like you. You're one of them. And there's just so many kids that, you know, I'm so fortunate to have met. And, and I, th I would like to think have an influence on their lives as to where they wound up. Well, yeah. I mean, I think one of the, 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 the biggest reasons I've always been connected with you is because you've been such a great leader and have always inspired everyone in the school and the community. I mean, you, you early on figured out Twitter <laughs> and you would tweet with the students and it, it felt like in a way you were a local celebrity. I don't, I don't want to call you a celebrity, but really it was more so just you were an inspiration to all of the kids and 
we wanted to you know get to know you better and you did a great job of doing that and we all looked up to you and i think that was what was so cool about my high school experience was to have that adult influence who was genuine and would would get to know the students and you you were at every sporting game and you supported us at, at every function and that was really special and I, I don't know if every school gets that type of superintendent experience but really it, it's it for me I didn't even know you know the CEO aspect of what your job was because to me it was just I don't want to call it a father figure but it's like a father figure within the school you, you everyone or at least personally want, I wanted to do better when you were around and that that was really cool and that's something that not everyone really has that given ability to do. Well, I thank you for that. This, it, it, it's very humbling that you would say something like that about me. And, you know, the Twitter thing started out and that, that has really just <laughs> taken off. I mean, I'm up to 4,000 followers now. Crazy. And, you know, uh, clearly some people in Stroudsburg still follow me, but it's, it's really, it was really all about, and of course, any number down in Upper Marion. And then people I don't even know. But it was really all about trying to connect because, you know, when you when you continue to climb the ladder in administration in the school district, you lose that touch of students. You know, you kind of you move farther and farther away from the students. Is really what happens. You know, when you're a teacher, clearly you're right with the students. When you're an assistant principal, you're right with the students. A principal, you're with the students. But when you start getting into central admin, there's that separation. And I didn't like that separation. I didn't like the way that felt. And so Twitter was really something that that Christopher helped me out with. I'll, I'll never forget it. We were having dinner one night. In, in, in our house and, and I said something about Twitter. He said, well, I'll set you up an account. So he did it. Wow. And then it, I remember my first um, goal as a joke was to try to get to 300 followers. And I remember reaching out to certain kids at Stroudsburg and next thing I know I'm at 300 followers. And then the banter starts with the s snow closings, which really helps. And Definitely. what happened, what really that does, Jake, is it's really all about relationships. That's what the business is about. That's what life is about. I don't care what anybody says. It's all about relationships. And that really started to build those relationships. So then when I would see kids in the halls, they would want to take a picture, or they would yeah. want to say this, or they'd want to do that with me. And then it was all about those relationships. So maybe if there was an issue that ever came to my level with a student, I could work my way through it with a student. You know, it's just, again, when, when you have that connection with somebody and when you have that connection with groups of people, it helps you to, to number one, be a better leader, and number two, clearly just make someone feel better in their situations if, if times are going bad. And that's what was really important to me, to be able to do that. And you definitely just, you built that bridge of communication that I feel like really lacks, especially today, is people just don't communicate and they don't talk and yep. they don't really get to learn and see what the other side is, Absolutely. is, is going through. And I think that was <sighs> such a, such a important thing to, the strength of, of the community. Yeah, and, I, and I, can give you, community. I can give you many examples about that. And for one, when I first started, not only in Strasbourg, but also Upper Marion as well, um, I had people, after I held my admin meeting for the first time, when I showed my face on, on either campus, and people said to me after that meeting, well, how can we talk to you? And I looked at them kind of puzzled, and I said, the door's always open. You yeah. better just come in and have a conversation. The only thing I don't want you to do is what I said to everybody was, don't come in here and tell me that I have a problem because from this day forward, we have a problem. We're a team. You know, we're in this together. And the bottom line is if we can't communicate by talking face to face with one another, 
when we have bigger problems, when it has to all come down to email, I'm not saying there's something wrong with email, don't, don't get me wrong, Definitely. but when you're, when you're in a, a tense, perhaps an emotional situation, I think the best way to communicate, let's get together and have a conversation. Let's not, let's not write something in an email and then you know, find the muscles to hit send. Yeah. Because sometimes that doesn't come across. You know, let's face it. You can't emote through email. You can't read. Like right now, you're reading my body language and I'm reading yours. So we can kind of feed off each other and know where we're going. In an email, you can't do that. So I don't know. What, what did that capital letter mean? What did that, you know, what did that person mean by that comment? And then when you call the person on it and you have a conversation, they go, oh, that's not what I meant. Well, that's, that's why I think relationships and conversations and being able to sit and talk with somebody is the most important way of communicate. Definitely. And it, 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 it's so it's so weird now with Corona, everyone's yeah. kind of stuck in uh, in their homes, whatever and, and so on. but uh, yeah, it, it, it is it is weird to it is weird to, to get back to you know even just talk and, yep. and see someone. but uh, you know so so how do you feel with with students going back? Are they going to operate through Zoom? Is there going to be a vo virtual classroom? Or? Yeah, we're going to be running virtual classrooms. Uh, made that decision last night. I don't want to bore you with all the details. Yeah. But, you know, Jake, I, I just can't, in my heart, I can't bring kids back and staff members back. I just don't believe it's safe. For sure. You know, this is something that we can't see. Um, it's something that can come from anywhere and I, I just I won't feel good about that I yeah. won't feel good about anybody getting sick you know from day one I've been all about making sure that we do what we can as a school community to to stop the spread of this thing and it, with with the way this thing's taking off again I just didn't feel it was a good a good idea however with that being said we're gonna go to a full virtual platform we're really proud of the platform we provided we're gonna have four to five hours of face-to-face -face instruction with kids every day so we're really excited about the program we have but there's so many different ways, you know, I, th there are some frustrated parents, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but it, this is really about safety right now. This is not about anything else. I was accused on Twitter last night of making this about money. And I, I've never mentioned money at once. I've never, never one time mentioned money uh, in this decision. This was always about safety of students yeah. and my staff members. So that's what we're going to do. And, and I think it's a great opportunity for, number one, When's the last time families, and I'm not trying to make light of this, and I'm not trying to, to minimize what families have gone through, because I've been through the same thing. I have two adult kids now staying at the house with us, one with a significant other there. So, you know, I get, you know, everybody has their differences of what they've gone through during the corona period. So I totally understand. I'm not trying to minimize what families are going through with school-aged children. But what other opportunity are families ever going to get to spend this kind of time together? I mean... I'm blessed. We, yeah. after dinner every night, because we don't go out for dinner anymore, you know, yeah, it's we like, cook. you know, we were used to doing that. Yeah. And now we cook. But now, you know, we would, now we just sit and talk. You know, it's, sometimes it's an hour after we're done eating. We all just, we're just sort of, we get into these conversations. So I think that, you know, at what point are people going to have this opportunity again to spend this kind of time with their family members together? Yeah. Well, I, I got to spend two months with my grandma. That was the best experience Absolutely. I ever had. And, you know, I've I've had dinner at the Tolino's house, and you're quite the chef with the pizzas, so I'm sure you're not oh, really uh, complaining with that. But, yeah, you know, I, I, fin I just finished off my college experience online, 
and what I, you know, more so with my maturity, what I've kind of learned is, is the education process is, is everything what you put into it. Absolutely. And they are, there are some incredible, you know, teachers and people that you can reach out to within the community to further expand what your, your learning experience is. I'm, every teacher is beyond excited to, for you to reach out for that question about a class or a subject. And that's really something that you put into it. And, and, and I really wish earlier on in my college process, I would have realized, hey, like I should go and get coffee with a professor or, hey, I should sit down and, and ask them some, some personal questions, get to know them. Because when I, when I got older and, and I realized my college time is kind of ending, it's like, I really got into that. Yeah. And then for Corona to hit is like, I wasn't on campus, but hey, I still kind of FaceTimed and got on Zoom right. with these professors. And, and and we almost got closer because it was like, yeah. we all missed each other, that face-to-face -face interaction. Oh, sure. And so it's really just going and putting in the effort to, to, to extend that learn, that experience. Yeah, but you know what, Jake, you can't, you know, it's important what you said, but... You can't look back on that and say, well, I should have done this or I should have done that. Here's the beautiful part about it. You did those things. Yeah. You, you know, everybody gets to certain points in their lives about realizing certain things at different times. And you can't question why you didn't get there sooner. The bottom line is you got there. And yeah. here's a story that I don't think you know. My Tammy, she still rants and raves about the way you took time out of your day when Christopher came out to visit IU. And so, look, some, some kids would have never done that. So some kids are looking back now saying, well, I wish I would have been that kind of person sooner where I would have welcomed somebody from another state, somebody that you knew, obviously, but not that yeah. well. Let's face it, you didn't know no, Tammy I'm... that well. And she, she can't tell enough people how incredible you were to do that. And again, it's all about your ability to build relationships with people. And at the end of the day, people you build relationships with are going to be there, be there with you forever. So... These college professors that you've built these relationships with, that you've called back, and you've, you've you know, when, when you got back to Bloomington, you were able to get out and see those, those, those folks and have conversations and email back and forth. It's all about the networking. It's all about, you know, education doesn't stop. You know, every time you have a conversation with anybody, it should all be about, what can I learn? Yeah. You know, even if it's, if it's you know, how to do certain things with your hands when you're having these conversations or whatever it is, but how, what can I learn? What can I take away from this? You know, you mentioned before that education doesn't stop. It doesn't stop, but it doesn't have to be education. It doesn't have to be this formal book or, or learning something on the computer or what have you. It can be just about looking at someone differently. You know, what didn't I know about that person that I really appreciate now and that I was afraid to look at before? I didn't want to know something about that person. You know, that's the beauty of, of, of where you've come and where I've seen so many other, other people you know, kind of stand out and, and, and get to that point. And that's what's reassuring for me in, in the profession that I have. Well, yeah, thank you so much for that. Uh, I was so lucky when, when, when Chris reached out to me and uh, Chris is Dr. Tolino's son. He's a year younger than me and he ended up uh, coming to Indiana University, the, my home, alma mater. We graduated together, luckily. And, and Chris reached out to me my freshman year and um, I had the pleasure of giving him a little tour and we had just such a, a wonderful time. I introduced him to a lot of my friends and, 
and we we really didn't get the we didn't really know each other up until then. I mean, so, I knew Chris was a little bit in passing. To, you guys knew each yeah, other. Right? Yeah, I, I knew of Chris, yeah. and he went to a rival school, and I just knew he was a great kid, and I was really I I, I was really lucky and happy for him to come, you know. It, 10 hour drive away because I was in a little way lonely from not having any East Coast Stroudsburg Pocono yeah. people and and so that was so cool for him to come and it it it's almost like uh, overnight Chris went from being like a Twitter friend to someone who's going to be standing up there at my wedding day. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so fortunate and you never know where friends and relationships are going to take you. That's right. And it's just it it's 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 beautiful. It, it really is. And you can't discount the, the influence you had on him going to IU because there was a huge influence there. And, and of course, like I said before, my wife, just she just thinks the world of, of the fact that somebody your age was that um, embracing and, and that kind and generous with your time, you know, that you didn't have to be. People, you know, there's a lot of people that wouldn't have done that. And so that just says a lot about the character of, of people that is so important. And... Uh, that's what we need more in this world is, you know, we've got to get back to that point where we truly do care. You know, if someone asks for a favor, we got to help out. Definitely. I think, you know, that, that probably stems from my dad's always been in the hospitality business. Yep. And ever exactly. since being a little kid, yeah. I've been in the, in the restaurant of the hotel saying, you know, helping him out, saying hello to guests and just seeing how he interacts with people. And, you know, it's such a, it, it's such a, a pleasure to, you know, make someone someone's day and sure you know uh and it's not that hard it's not hard at all no it it's really yeah. it's really not hard at all I, I i think it's kurt vonnegut or it might be uh ram das i'm confusing who's who's quoted this but he just says we're all just walking each other home and in a way it's like yeah we're all kind of just here to make sure everyone's you know happy in their comfort zone because right. home is where you you yep. we should all just feel at home on this planet in a way and so just being inclusive and excited and yeah it's it's, it's funny you say that because uh, six years ago when I came to Upper Marion I started this thing called be someone's champion and gave everybody towels it's all printed out you know be someone's champion this two years ago I gave out um, th these mugs like almost like uh, Yeti mugs that say the same thing be someone's champion all it simply means is be there for somebody during the school day you know, whether it's a, a staff member to a student or a student to a staff member, it doesn't matter. Or a student to a, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just it's how hard is it to say, "Hey, good morning. How you doing today?" Just to talk to somebody, just to get something on. Be someone's champion. Stand up for somebody. You know, make, you know, if someone's having a rough day, what does it hurt to try to help? Mm -hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing that's so important to pay forward. That, you know, we've embraced that, and and it's it's really kind of taken off. It's kind of taken off on a life of its own. To be honest with you. Um, and that's really what you're talking about. You were someone's champion that day. You were Christopher's champion. You were Tammy's champion. And and how many other countless people do that? That's the importance. That's where we have to get to, you know, to get through this sort of mess that we're in. I'm not just talking COVID. You know, this other unrest, this civil unrest that we have in the country and, and the, the frustration that, that must be felt by so many minority individuals in this country. And, and I, I just, I don't understand why we can't get by it, why we can't see past those things. And, and, and become bigger people and better people to just be all embracing, like you said. You know, you were raised in a business where your your dad and your grandmother had no choice. 
you know, you if you're going to be in that business, you better embrace people. You're out of business real quick, right? For sure, 100%. <laughs> you're out of business. Yeah. It's all about re repeat customers, right? Definitely. And so, thankfully, you were raised in that because you get it. Whereas, a lot of a lot of kids weren't that lucky. You know, they weren't raised in that type of business where you understood the value of a relationship and the value of talking to somebody, the value of the eye contact you have right now with me, how much people appreciate that mm. and, and how far that stuff goes. And that's, that's what we're trying to work through, try to figure all that out. And so I had that kind of experience growing up. Do you think that like you, you had a similar experience in which you, you were taught strong morals and values at a, yeah, absolutely. Age. I mean, it, it was just, you know, we, we were just a, a you know, a lower middle class family. And uh, I was, my brother was the first one to go through college in the entire group um, of, you know, all my cousins and, and everybody else. Wow. So it was just, you know, my mother and father never went through college. I'm uh, just hardworking people. Totally. And, um, you know, we were just always taught you do the right thing. That's it. You know, there's no question there. Yeah. Um, there's no give and take. You do the best you can do, whatever you try to start at. You don't quit at anything. And you just, you be good to people because that's what has to happen in this world. And so we're very fortunate by that. You know, it's just, you know, you're kind of, you're, you know, you're lucky when you have that kind of an upbringing. And, and that's, that's a value that's important to your family. Um, and take it for what it is. You know, maybe you don't realize it when you're younger. But you realize it now, you know, I'm 59 years old, so I have a little more wisdom and I get it. So uh, it's certainly important. My dad always says the the same thing is always do the right thing. Yep. It doesn't matter, you know, what you're doing as long as it, you, it's, it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And you're doing it for, you know, betterment of the people and there's nothing malicious and it's out of love and, you know... Are there any other quotes you almost think you have inspired you or you you can think it, of that? It's not necessarily a quote, a quote from, but yeah, yeah, it's just something I use with 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 uh, the people that I lead, and it's 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 very simple. The more time you spend looking over your shoulder, the less time you can move forward. And really, if you look at the deeper meaning of that, is if you're worried about what I'm thinking as the the, the boss of the organization, you know, the whatever you want to call me. You can't be worried about what I'm thinking. You're here because you're a great member of the team. So I need you to move forward, move the organization forward, just like I'm gonna move it forward. Don't worry about looking backwards. Don't worry about, about, about trying to second guess me or worried about what I'm thinking, because you're always gonna know what I'm thinking. We'll always have those conversations. And I think that's, that was a relief for a number of people that I, that I lead now and that I've led in the past because it's sort of like a burden is lifted off their shoulders because you know so many times in, in, in leadership, you know, people are kind of squashed. There's there's different types of leadership, as you know, and I'm sure you've, yeah. you've seen all different types, and you're going to see more throughout your experience. But, you know, the, the one thing that's important is that I don't, I don't control people. Do your job. And I, I remember saying to, to my entire team, and I have a team of probably, well, it's seven principals and probably another 10 different managers and assistant superintendents and, and whatever, and even in Stroudsburg, the same thing, same size organization, you know, I say, look, if I have to do your job, I don't need you. Yeah. I don't want to do your job. And by the way, I don't know how to do your job. I'm honest about it. You know, there's certain things in a school district I don't know. I, I don't know how to do or I could figure it out, but that's not my role. 
my role is to, to look at the umbrella picture. So I like to try to, I, I'm mentoring probably at least three or four individuals now they are going to be superintendents. And um, I love doing that because they get a different perspective from, from someone like me. I'm not saying I do it right. I'm not knocking other leaders, but I just have my particular style that works for the people that work for me. And it's worked for 20 years. So, you know, it's just that thing where everybody has a comfort level. And, you, and if, if in these relationships you can provide people with a comfort level, you're going to get so much more out of anybody that works for you or anybody that you work with that's a part of your team. It's that simple because they trust you. You know, they're going to want to go the extra mile for you. You know why? Because you're going to go the extra mile for them. Most of the comments I received last night about, you know, finally with the, making the decision with the board and saying to the board, look, we, we should not be coming back to school. It's not safe. It wasn't about that decision. It was about thank you for keeping us safe. That's what the comments were. That's what they were. Because that was your number one priority from day one, they said to me. And this is uh, all kinds of emails that I received over the last number of hours. And so that made me feel good because that's really, at this point, it's not about, you know, bricks and mortar. It's not about, you know, what you're going to get out of that algebra textbook. That's still important. Don't get me wrong. But people know that at least they're going to have a safe place. They're going to be safe. That I'm not pushing anybody to come back. I'm not going to put them in, in situations that I wouldn't put myself in. Yeah, I go to the office three, four days a week now, but I'm not putting myself in a conference room with my whole team of people unprotected. I won't do that. I'm not going to put them through that, and I'm not going to put myself through that. So I think people appreciate that. Yeah, definitely having like empathy and understanding Absolutely. of what other people are going through. And there was something really cool when I, when I was growing up. I remember, I think I visited my little brother at one of the Stroudsburg elementary schools, and on the wall it said pride, and it it was uh it stood like it was standing for personal responsibility in daily effort. Right. I thought that was really cool. It was just, you know, having you know being proud of what you're doing and realizing yeah. that you're you can make an influence and you could be inspiring people and bettering yourself and and just bettering the world in general. Absolutely, and, that's really what it should be about. You know, what can we do to make the world a better place? You know, what can we do to just you know, make people feel better about the situations and the trauma that they're dealing with. Everybody brings trauma to the table every day. You yeah. do, I do. You know, some of us might mask it better, but everyone brings, everyone has trauma from day to day. And it may not be physical trauma, but it could be emotional trauma. And, and we don't know what that trauma is every day, but yet, how do we add to that by being rude to somebody? Doesn't make yeah. sense. It just doesn't make sense. Why don't we add to that? Why don't we help that trauma by being decent to one another? What's the problem? Where have we gone? How has this all happened all of a sudden? It's just, it's very frustrating. Do you do anything to like uh, meditate or cope with like the stresses that are apparent? I'm really bad about that. I, I will say that, you know, several years ago, um, I had a health, a health issue, a scare. I was at a board meeting, I actually blacked out for about 10 minutes. So that led to a bunch of stuff and it's fine, but what it came down to was stress and not dealing with the stress appropriately. So it was really all a matter of, you know, I've always been kind of an exercise guy. Yeah. And I had to get back into that. So that's, you know, I'm back, I've been back into that for several years now. So I feel good about that. But golf also helps me too. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love to play golf. And that's really a place where I just go and, you know, I can be with the boys and Christopher and, and Parker. And, you know, we, can, we, we play every Sunday and then I play, I try to get out a couple nights during the week as well. 
And that's just something that I could just grab my bag and go for a walk and just try to shut it off, shut the office off. Because if you don't, you're going to have issues health-wise. And, and I just don't want to go back there again. It's not a place that's, that's really comfortable. But I don't meditate, but yet um, I think I have my own form. And when I can get out on the golf course and just, you know, see a fox Definitely. run across the fairway or a hawk, you know, whatever. You know, or just to be with, with the boys and just be able to play and, and laugh and, yeah. you know, kind of poke fun at one another and... You know, that kind of thing. That That's definitely a form of meditation. And, you know, golf, especially, you know, when you're locking in to the ball yep. or you're at the driving range and you're going ball after ball and you're realizing what what motion you're going through to, to have the necessary success. There's so many things, like there's so many ways you can apply that to life. Absolutely. And successes in general is just, I used to be, a, you know, a kicker for football. Right. And going through those rotations and those locking days, in and being focused, yeah. that that you apply those things to every, uh, other aspects and it's like, it, it's it's night and, you know, it, it goes hand in hand. It's absolutely sure. the same thing. And I think also having a great, you know, a great support system at home. My wife is obviously Tammy's a principal in Pocono Mountain and, and we kind of share the same stories. So she's just an amazing sounding board. I'm so fortunate to have her in my life. And of course the kids, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we, you know, we're blessed a lot like you. We're, we're just, we're, we're very fortunate in a great situation. and. You know, we can all support one another and we're, we're not, no one in our house is afraid to support one another, which is really so important to our family. Well, it all goes back to, you know, what I think makes our family so special is the inner communication, going back to communication being yep. the key of success is just, we take that time to, you know, make sure everyone's happy and, yep. you know, everyone feels loved and, and that's so important, especially now if people really quickly forget how loved they are and you know to talk and communicate and look eye to eye and tell someone you know what you're going through or how much you appreciate them is it's just important absolutely know? i'm you know just to say like you know i'm proud of my dad i'm proud of my little brother yeah. i'm proud of my mom i'm proud of my friends is is something that needs to happen more often and people are afraid to say those things you know if, yeah if, if, I, you've been in our house enough to enough now to, to know that you know we even at iu when i would see you at iu we would never walk away from christopher or any of the kids without saying i love you and the kids say it back yeah. and it's not like they've ever been embarrassed to say that they don't care who they're in front of that's the bottom line that 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 that's important for them and that's just something that that is something that we do and and it's just something that we've kind of morphed into for for any number of years it's not something that just started but you know, it's something that we've always been comfortable with. And, uh, you know, that's where, you know, you always have that sense whether things are good or bad. Clearly, everything's not rosy all the time. You know mm -hmm. that. You yeah, know definitely that. not. You know, that's just a matter of life. But the bottom line is when you get back to the roots of where you're from and what you are and who your family is and the support system that you have, that's what's so important. It's hard for, I think, men and young men to be vulnerable and, to, you know, to, like, learn what being vulnerable is and just embrace who you are and... You know, saying like "I love you" to my dad, or just being having words of encouragement in overall general, or just expressing your feelings, it you know it it's it's hard. It, it's for sure hard as a guy. And, Absolutely. You know, I think we put other pressures on each other for sure, and that makes things hard. And you know that there's just other mental health issues going on in the country that you know, overall just aren't addressed. And I think there's just a lot of, a lot of pressure put on people. Oh, for sure. Tons of pressure put on people. For sure. And so 
it, it's just important to, to be positive and you know have these conversations i'm so grateful to be able to reach out to you and and say like hey dr tolino can you come on and can we just have a conversation as people and just you know we don't talk all the time but we we're capable of 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 just connecting and then i i i I feel inspired and I learn every time I talk to you. And I think that's something that everyone has the quality and that very, everyone's different in their way that they bring something else to the table. And by creating these conversations, we're all learning, we're all bettering ourselves, we're all sharing, we're all, you know, growing together in a way. And that's the key, growing together, you know, just making sure that we cover for one another and we help out and we do what we can, you know, to help our brother you know, and our sister in these situations and, and, and just get through life because that's so difficult to do every day anyway. I can't imagine not doing it without some kind of a support system. The impossible. So I'm 23 years old. Looking back, if let's say you were 23 right now and you still retained all of this valuable information you have, what is something you would, you would tell yourself? Like, what would you, or were there... Like what, what is the, the best thing for the young person to do today? Like how could they be building a, a better community? I think don't ever give up on relationships. You know, you got to make sure that you try to build relationships. Some relationships you can't save. And, and you know, we can both probably give examples of that. But relationships are so important. I think the other piece for me would be that um, I wish I was at 23, at 24, at 25, I've I've morphed. I've I've kind of I've I've you know evolved. You know, and sometimes you know you're quick to uh, to respond to certain things when you're younger. And yet, I wish I had the ability to reflect. You know, back then when I was younger, not that I not that there was trouble situations, but yet there were some things that you know that happened when I was an assistant principal or a teacher or a principal, and my first time being a superintendent. That I look back now and say, boy, I'm a very different person now. I wouldn't have done those things. I wouldn't have reacted in that way. And maybe I could have massaged that situation differently had my ego not gotten in the way. Yeah. You know, kind of check your ego at the door, you know, because it's not really, it's not all about your ego. It's not all about you in this world. It's about all kinds of other people. I think that's really where I, but again, I think people just have to evolve into that. You know, it's just one of those situations, one of those things you learn. Ego, like, it, it definitely breaks a lot of people down in, in a, in a, in a in a bad way and absolutely yeah yeah it, it i i've seen it take people over and yeah i don't i don't even want to think think about it anymore but uh what's it um i i just lost my chin of thought for a second it's all right excuse me the, but the ego can be a dangerous thing you know yeah it just can it can drive some people a little too far a little a little farther than they really need to go and yet if you don't check that at the door you're gonna have problems um so you, your idea of fun has probably changed so much through through your life and how how you've grown and so what what's like a what what are some of your most fun experiences and wow. and happiest moments in uh and maybe even just like experience that you think maybe has taken a turning point or you've learned something really valuable Going, going through. Do you have? Well, any, I think sports. Sports was a great experience for me, and playing football in college, I've, I was very blessed to be able to play for four years. And I think that that I'm a product of athletics. I don't I don't hold that 
I mean, I never hold that back on anybody. When I'm asked to speak in front of groups of, whether it be athletes or student athletes or, or uh, academic, whatever it is, I, I'm always talking about, you know, my roots with sports and how, how, how I've been very fortunate to have people that influenced me, you know, throughout even my, my college career as well. And of course, anything with my family, you know, I had a good solid family. You know, I was never, it was always, you were held to do the right thing and you needed to do the right thing. And there was a, you know, there was a, a not a code, but there was just, there, the expectation was there. And of course, now having my own family, you know, the, the, the greatest experiences I have are with them. You know, whether it's sitting at a dinner table or out by the pool or going on a vacation together. You know, when we all used to uh, travel to Minnesota and, and spend a week up there, or it would have been the Aruba trip this year. My, Tammy and I were looking so forward to doing that because we always have such a good time when we're all together. So those are my best experiences. Um, anything I can do with my wife, she's my best friend. So we, you know, I don't have a lot of friends per se that I call up and say, hey, let's do this or let's do that. I'm not really a drinker, so that, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go hang out in a bar. I'm not going to do those kinds of things. Not that it's, there's something wrong with it. I just don't. That's just not my thing. I'm a homebody. You know, I enjoy being with my family. I enjoy being with my wife. Um, if we can go out and ride a bike or we can go on a trip somewhere, that's what we like to do. Traveling out to see you guys was was always one of the highlights of every several months we try to get out there however often we could you know that was a highlight to be out in bloomington to visit you know to see you guys and to you know visit with christopher and the fraternity brothers and you know everything else that that happens so that's really what we're about you know what i'm about it's those experiences and i love being at work you know I'm, I'm, i just i love being you know around the kids that's what's so hard with this covid thing that's not going to happen you know that's a struggle i can't imagine you know, starting the fall without fall sports right now. That's going to yeah. be, you know, that's the first time in my life that that's ever happened. You know, I think that, you know, high school football is one of the purest forms of athletics in the world. I don't care. That's my opinion. There's nothing like a Friday night football game, seeing nothing you out like there it. kicking and, and being with your buddies and that camaraderie that it builds and the community that it builds. And, you know, that's, you know, my greatest experiences are w with what I can do with whether it was the kids at North Warren, the kids in Stroudsburg, or the kids at Upper Marion, to be part of that, to be on those sidelines. And not being a part of the game, but just being able to walk and, and, and you know, people know who I am and they know that I'm there to support them. And they know that I've got their backs and, you know, all I want to do is see the best for them. That's, those are my greatest experiences. Yeah, I, I always loved how cool just the community got and when... When you when you're in a when you're in an environment where everyone is just positive yep. and pushing each other Nothing together, like and you've got a team, and overall, like it, the idea of a team is 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 very broad. But uh, you know, when you're all together as one, it's really just an emotional, euphoric, incredible experience. Absolutely. And yeah, it. it and it's, we're both lucky beautiful. we got to experience that. You know, it's just. Some people can never experience that, and that's that's a shame because that's something very, very special. And I get to experience it, not from the athletic side anymore, but as as an administrator and as a person, I get to experience that all the time now with kids throughout my career. I'm 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 really lucky. I feel like sometimes you know um, you'll see, and this is going back to school, like the school um, situation or the education system or mm. whatever. Uh -huh. you you'll see like some schools. Uh, districts or, or do better than other school districts and there's sometimes you know students will move to different areas or they'll try to be in a different school yeah. and so like how how do those situations happen like do we 
like we have obviously to my understanding there's state curriculum and there's also a national curriculum but how how could one school you know perform perform better than another in, in my in my eyes it's in a way like that like could you clear up just maybe bu- how some schools budget versus other schools yeah, budget and absolutely. and maybe help me understand that a little bit better and then cr- like just maybe a curriculum understanding yeah, sure there, there, there's, uh, there, there are national standards, but there are there's not a national curriculum. So basically, the curriculum is is uh, put together based on the state and state certain state requirements, and it's pretty broad. So every school district has the ability to fit in fit their curriculum within that broad spectrum that the state kind of provides. Uh, kind of an, you look at it as an outline. And as far as your question about taxes are concerned, and taxes are what funds public schools. Let's yeah. call it what it is. And you know, there's there's a situation where there's really the haves and the have-nots, and the only way to describe that is that there are some districts that have a, a really strong tax base, and they have people that are willing to support that see the value of education, and they they've 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 recognized the value through their own personal experiences, and so therefore they want that same value for their children. And these are elected leaders that are. Well, it's not only elected leaders, but it's also the taxpayers. You know, the the, the tax base. And I would say that Stroudsburg is one of those tax bases that really values, you know, the what the Stroudsburg School District brings to, to the to the area. And this, I would say the same thing in Upper Marion. But then when you look at some other districts that aren't that fortunate. Now in Upper Marion, we're very fortunate because our tax base is based on industry. There's so many commercial properties within that 19 gotcha. square miles we cover. So we're very, very fortunate. So the tax burden is not on the local homeowner like your dad. You know, it's basically on the business owner. So these multi-million-dollar corporations are fitting, filling you know a large bill in that. So therefore, we can afford a lot of different things. And an example would be when we went out on COVID, Jake, we didn't have to buy computers for our kids. We were already a one-to-one district with four thousand kids that had four thousand computers. Wow. So we didn't have to worry about those things. We weren't scrambling to do those things. We were very blessed and very fortunate. And I say that all the time. But there's other districts that weren't that fortunate. So that's what immediately creates that gap as I'm sure you can see, because let's forget COVID for a, for a second, but imagine, you know, um, when you were in school, if you had the ability every day that you had a MacBook every day that you could bring home, and that you had that as a resource in your classes every day. Imagine every day that you had the flexibility to leave the cafeteria and go have lunch wherever you want with any of your friends, as long as you're doing some kind of work, you're doing something. Even if it's collaborating on anything, mm-hmm. it's that communication piece. Well, that's the flexibility that some school districts allow, that we allow. And some school districts don't allow those, that flexibility. Well, in my mind, that's what stifles kids. Because it's immediately said, well, they can't behave if they're not in the cafeteria. They can't behave if they're not in a certain spot. Well, why can't they? Why do we set that expectation that they can't behave? Why, can, why didn't we set the expectation that the expectation is that we're going to give you this flexibility, honor it. And... That's I, I think that's where you know we have some issues in this country with the ha- what I what I refer to as the haves and the have-nots. It's just not fair. The funding system, the funding formula is not fair, um, and it, that's what the, the, that's where the divide. That's where the gap is created, and that's unfortunate. Do you think that like perhaps there's also an issue within that with curriculum? 
because maybe if like for example for for like a lot of people that like graduate high school and maybe college is an option or just in general like a lot of people just don't understand some maybe base level life skills like okay. completing taxes or yep you know stuff like that having a savings account having checkbooks a, exactly. paying exactly getting a loan yeah, yeah so so maybe like maybe if um you know we do have different budgets and some schools are the haves and some are the have nots maybe we should focus on providing services and education like that to a basis or trying to make sure that everyone you know to an extent to an extent it's amazing reading all of these books and having english and having math and you know learning algebra and chemistry mm -hmm. but there are just some people that aren't interested in that and when they grab when they go to school there are things that they need to learn when they to graduate and be a you know positive influence on the community yeah. and, and jake i think we do a, a, a very good job of that i think where it, it falls apart is in some districts when some districts don't want to embrace that and that's the sad part some districts don't want to embrace that there are, are there's incredible variables between the students who are going to graduate number one, two, three, and four in their class and the students who are going to graduate 279 out of 379 in their class. And, you know, I was that shop kid. I was, the, I was that person that was just that mechanically inclined kid that always had those classes through high school. And, and that's really what got me into college as well. And, you know, it, it's just a difference of, of philosophies in different school districts. You know, but but I'll even say this, even you know, in, in Upper Marion, in Lower Marion, in in, in uh, the Radnor, which is one of the top school districts in the state of Pennsylvania, you know, they all provide those opportunities, but it's really the question of do the parents want their children taking some of those opportunities because it might be viewed as no, no, you're not taking that class, yeah. you're not going to take that basic, um, that that basic business class that would teach you how to get a loan, how it because we're better than that. And so, therefore, we want you to make sure you keep going higher and higher. When some kids are just, that's not what I want to do as a student. And that's where we get into this rub. I think we all do it. We all offer those classes. But it's really a matter of, is does a majority of the community embrace those programs for kids? What I think would be really cool is to, you know, expand on the communication between alumni and their experiences in high school absolutely and the current students and you know you know creating that bridge of communication like we always Definitely. have referred back to and being like hey look these these kids who just graduated college you should go and talk to the kids who are about to go to college because maybe you've got some input or insight and i always think there, there are some ways we could get better with that for sure. I would agree. And maybe schools could help organize that. And that would be cool to explore almost as just an idea. And I think that would be awesome. It's just... We bring college students back now every year right around the holiday break. As soon as they're off holiday break, we bring a, a number of college students back to speak to our outgoing seniors. And I want to say we, they, we might even... Uh, having to speak to our juniors as well. I don't remember exactly. I'd have to find out for you. But that's a program that would certainly be helpful. We've, we've seen it, it help us. But to take it one step further, 
we should also be embracing those students that either went into the military to serve our country totally. or yeah. the world of work. Yeah, most to, definitely. To explain what what the positives have been and maybe what some of the pitfalls have been. Yeah. Um, because that's something that we need to, to, to push more on because let's face it, college isn't for everybody. Definitely not. It's not. It's not for everyone. Right. Yeah. And, and I think personally, it, at least in my experiences with high school, and I think a lot of worries, especially with you know, the voting age is 16 in our country and a lot of high school kids, you know, that's high school kids are able to vote. And so, you know, just being prepared and then being a knowledgeable, ed educated, you know, vote even and getting that education through high school, I think personally, my high school education provided me to be, to, to cast that positive. Clearly. But, uh, you know, that definitely worries me for a lot of a lot of people and um, I think definitely bridging the gap of communicating at as a as a more personal level and having a way in which I had a lot of teachers that I looked at as not only just teachers but you know influences in sure, my life sure. and 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 maybe pushing kids into having mandatory extra like you know, extra activities after school is is a cool idea or concept because I know budget. There's definitely there's got to be a budget for absolutely an extent right for it, and that would that would just be awesome. You know, extracurricular activities. Like there's there's budget is not a reason not to offer extracurriculars because yeah. there's no money there, Jake. Trust me. You know, if we're a hundred and ten million dollar business at Upper Marion, if we spend a million and a half dollars on all of our extracurriculars, including all sports, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So trust me, it's not a huge piece of the money that's out there. It's a very, very small piece. And you'd be surprised where those extracurriculars can can take students. Totally. Just the chess club alone, thinking of chess club, you know, that's one that just kind of springs out. Um, just those relationships that those kids finally, that those kids that are, you know, you're pretty deep-minded if you're playing chess on a regular basis. Yeah. Now, Getting those kids together at the same time with those instructors or those those mentors that are doing that, it's a huge piece. So the extracurriculars are, are it's just it's it's just big, it's big stuff, good stuff. I definitely recommend any kid to get oh, to absolutely. get involved as involved as possible. You have to because that's all part of the experience. Yeah, of being exactly. In it's almost like and it's it's there. It's free. It's it, you know I if you're gonna go to college. Why would you not be involved with as many people as possible? Because that's what the experience is. And that's why I feel so bad now for incoming freshmen to colleges. And I felt bad for you guys at the end of your career, you know, at Bloomington, because out in IU, because, you know, clearly some of them made the best of it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. But still that experience to be able to 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 walk and, and, and graduate and, and, and get that, you know, that sense you know, and all those things that you could have been doing at the end of the year, very difficult, but everybody made the best of it because that's what we have no choice in doing, you know, but the the, the kids that aren't getting involved in, in high school and, and through their college careers, if they choose to go to college, that's that concerns me. you got to be out there and be involved because that's how you build these relationships that could last a lifetime. Look at you guys. Yeah. Before we uh, wrap things up a little bit, um, I don't want to hold you for too long, but um, do you have... 
do you have any books or do you do you read at all or do you have any do you, I, do anything that you recommend or I'm not you know it's interesting you say that because there's a, a journal that I get every month um, from my from the uh, American Association of School Administrators and they interview people every month and they, they have these books by the bedside well I always look at that and go oh, I don't have any books by my bedside yeah. you know but I, I do read but I like you know the, the, I, I like books that are based on 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 golf you know the the psychology of golf you know the the the, men, the mental side of golf and of course different golfers like I just read one on Tiger Woods and so that's really the reading that I do um, um, I'm reading some books now that we, we're having our staff members read and it's all about equity it's about this whole equity discussion that we're having in this country so we've been doing that in Upper Marion for three or four years now and we have our staff members read any number of texts that we believe are appropriate so we're doing that so I, I will dabble in those books as well but I'm not a big you know I, I, if they ever interviewed me for that magazine I'd be able to, I wouldn't be able to tell them, give them <laughs> yeah. very good stuff I like reading about people you know for me it's got to so be biography, biography based it's got to be something that's based on reality um, you know that that's where my reading takes me for the most part I like to read similar type books like uh, just where you get to like you said about golf where you get to kind of go into the mind and the philosophy of what someone else's approach and kind of just going into their 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 view and so you know that i feel like if we had to in a way synopsis the 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 podcast and our message it's really just everyone is their own teacher everyone has Absolutely. that ability to teach yep. and to influence and that we should always just be looking forward to every experience we have because it's all a learning experience. It's all an opportunity to grow. It's all an opportunity to see someone else's viewpoint. And, you know, it, it's motivating. It's a beautiful feeling to, to see someone else shine and see someone else feel and, you know, just to be connected in that manner is, is awesome. I agree with you 100%. Every, every every experience has to be a learning experience. You can turn it all into a learning experience. And it's funny, you always you use the word opportunity a lot. I don't know if you ever noticed that. I do, But yeah. it's really a good trait. I'll tell you why. Um, through my career, I've kind of been become known as this person that can build these buildings. And, and, and I have an understanding as a superintendent of how a building is built and why it's built and how to make sure that it's brought in on budget and all those things. Well, one of the things that I do with Mr. Gam, who's our construction manager, who was also our construction manager in Stroudsburg, um, we, whenever we walk into a construction meeting, we never tell the contractors that we have a problem. We always refer to it as an opportunity. And it's always an opportunity to see how good we can be at fixing something and making it better. So we always look at something. So, so we've taken a negative. Instead of walking into a meeting and saying to someone, hey, we got a problem. What are we going to do here, guys? we got to get this fixed. Yeah. We walk in and say, hey, you know, there's an opportunity here. We've had some flooding down on one side of the property. What do we need to do? How can we put all our minds together and figure out how to, how to make that a, a better opportunity for what we're dealing with? So I just think it's interesting. I wanted to note that to you as you use that word. It's a great word. Yeah. I mean, I've always kind of gone through these ups and downs of weird experiences. And, and you know, you have to look at something as an opportunity. Absolutely. You know. Opportunity to grow. Yeah. That, that's what it's all about. Exactly. You know, every day, if we can all find a way to grow every day, even if it's just reflecting, you know, I wish I, like, like you had the question you asked me before, I wish I would have been better at reflecting when I was younger. But I think that's something that comes with age and 
maybe wisdom. Who who knows? But you know, luckily I can say now that I'm. I I really believe that I I reflect on things that whether I do wrong or reactions or things that I don't handle well. You know, it's every day if you can look look back and reflect and say, you know what, it was a good day, or it was a questionable day because of this. But I think the next time that would have occurred, I think we can make it better. Well, I'm I'm glad you say that because reflection for me just to be self-reflective right now and I'm just going to to be honest is I've I've wanted to do a podcast for so long hmm. for so long and I don't know what's helped me uh, been holding me back and all day I was so nervous and I was preparing <laughs> and I was pacing back and forth I didn't know what to think and you know right now it, it's even funny in this moment I feel like I'm realizing how to even do it a little bit more because I'm talking about things. But yeah, I've been just so, I don't know what's helped me back for so long. And to be reflective right now, it's like, wow, where would I have been at if I started when I first came up with the idea and I wasn't nervous and I wasn't, you know, uh, you know, I didn't blow things off forever, postpone or plan or whatever. Yeah, you can't look at it like you that. You can't look, look at it like that. where you are now. Right you now you're sitting here. Right now. And, and, and here's the beauty of it. You're probably going to look at this. You're going to listen to this, and you're going to say, "You know what? Next time I would do something different. hundred percent. I would change my technique yeah. in doing this and this and this." And to me, I feel like I'm just being interviewed. I've been interviewed my whole career, Definitely. so I'm just comfortable yeah. in being interviewed. And but that's, I didn't. That didn't happen the first time I did it. That came with reflection. Well, okay, take a breath before you make this answer because you you want to kind of be calm about that. But don't look back and say, "Well." You know, where would I where would I have been had I started this two years yeah. ago? The bottom line is you started it. Totally. That's the key. Exactly. That's the important piece. And for, yeah, and so for anyone who's kind of just waiting for whatever they're waiting for. To be inspired by what you go, did. Go and start. That's exactly and I know right. I'm going to look back. I know I'm going to be embarrassed by things I said. I know I'm going to say, hey, I should have said this. I know I'm going to go and say at that moment where I was like, oh, I lost my train of thought. I know I'm going to say, oh, I wish I didn't. But whatever. you're honest about it. But I'm honest. That's the key. You're honest. honest. Yeah, you have I've to be honest I've lost my train of thought just like last night. Yeah. You know, people were asking me questions, and I would say to my board and, and people in the community, guys, I don't have a perfect answer for you. Yeah. Because if I sit here and I make pretend I have a perfect answer for you, I'm lying to you, and I won't do that. That's not the truth. The truth is I don't have a perfect answer. This is not a perfect situation. Just like you said, I lost my train of thought. So what? You lost so your train what? of thought. Move <laughs> Who on. Who cares? Move on. So what? Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy to start things, and Good. to have you is... Incredible. Well, I'm glad I could be part of it. I'm humbled that you even asked me. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I hope it works out for you. Who no, knows? You're kicking it off. I think it, it's going to work out. <laughs> I, I hope so. And, you know, we're only going to get better. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'd love for you to come back on for sure. And when I get better on this, that would be sick. That would be so cool. And have Chris too, maybe. I'll do whatever Tammy, I can for you. Do you whatever. I'll you know, help you however I can. It'll be phenomenal. Um, so I can't thank you enough for asking me to do it. It's Again, it's humbling. I'm honored by it. And I think you did a great job. I've been interviewed by any number of people, and you did a great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. And so thank you all for listening, um, and we'll see you guys next time. Cool. Sounds great. Enjoy.